the podcast critics are calling Deeply Bizarre and Anti-Man. This is The Social Dose. The Social Dose is your go-to podcast for a gorgeous dose of what's going on in the world of social media, brought to you every Tuesday and Thursday. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, and I'm Paris Nicholson, at Paris Nicholson on socials. And I'm Michael Judson Barry, at M. Judson Barry on socials. And now, let's get into these headlines. Today, we came, we saw, and we partied, Barbies. This past Friday was the premiere of the Barbie movie, so we're unboxing the online, and our own, thoughts about the film. Then, big news in Nerd World as Twitter users are bringing non-player characters, or NPCs, to life through live streams. Apparently, some of the biggest names in music are avid watchers, too. All this breaking social media news and more coming up next on The Social Dose. We'll get right back into our timelines after I check my phone. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. I'm Paris. And I'm Michael, and this is The Social Dose. Michaela, let's get into it today, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Okay, first thing we need to talk about, this bizarre yet very intriguing sport, I think we can say, known Uh as Disco Foot, that has been brought to my attention via TikTok's For You page. Uh Um, how would you describe Disco Foot, Michael? We've, we've both watched this. Yes, I, I love this. Imagine a soccer game um, mm-hmm. or a, a football game if you're in Europe. I don't know why I became Russian for that. But everybody stops playing soccer at points in the game and they dance. But they like, yeah. they disco, they rumba, they waltz. They, they vogue. They vogue. Like music mm-hmm. comes on and they just start dancing according to whatever that music is, including the refs. Like at one clip, yes. the ref just like sambas across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. They partner, they lift. It's like dirty dancing. It's Yeah, it, there's lifts. This is how you should sports. Imagine if every game just had dance breaks like this and the teams just had to spontaneously start dancing. It would be amazing. Yeah. I think this is what the Savannah Bananas were trying to do, but they didn't have enough gays on the team. So Savannah (laughs) Bananas, take note, you can be doing even more than Uh you already are. This is a sport I can get into. Oh, yeah, you'd be great at this. What's that called when sports have men and women? Multi- Um, More fun. I don't know. It's like multi-mural? Multi- multi It's like an earl. Muriel? Muriel. Are there women named My Muriel name's there? Muriel. There's a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's a co-ed sport. I will be finding out if Los Angeles has a team for Disco Foot and applying and auditioning for that team myself. Uh, our social scientists did find some of the rules. They are, you wear hot pants when playing, there are no gender mm-hmm. divisions, and dancing, mostly ball style, is far more important than scoring. I like yeah, to think that they're judges so. hidden in the crowd and the real scores come from like the dance competition aspect. Yeah, like tens across the board. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. That's how you know you've made a goal. Because they'll like kind of kick the ball and then like nobody cares where the ball goes from that point, <laughs> And then they just like get down. <laughs> I love this. I do uh, too. I can't now, wait till the I... Olympics. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, the Olympics lets anybody be a sport now. That's actually probably yeah. going to happen. 
Yeah. Isn't poker in the Olympics? Like, what the hell? Have you heard about Elon Musk's latest public midlife crisis? <gasps> yes. I, yet another one. How he is changing the Twitter icon to an X. Um, oh, but the whole brand is changing to X. It's, so it's no longer even be, called Twitter. What's it called? He's trying to get us to call it X. He's just calling it X? So it's like you don't tweet anymore, you yeah. X? Yeah, literally, I, I saw a tweet today. Actually, I saw a thread today. You saw an X. Hi, thread. Oh, you saw a thread. Rot row Twitter. Yeah. And it was like a thing that was like, tweets will now be known as X's, I guess. Which okay. like, what the hell are we doing here? Now, yeah. on one hand, X is famously the hottest letter of the alphabet. Top five hottest letters of the alphabet, besties. Look it up. Uh-huh. Already done. <laughs> so I get the appeal of the letter X, but it doesn't feel relevant at all to what's happening here. Well, I looked up the significance of the letter X. Because, you know, whenever there's marketing, whenever there's rebranding, there's always a lot okay. around, like, why that symbol. So I was like, interesting. So what are the... So I found um, an article in Psychology Today about what they think about the letter <laughs> X. Okay. And the psychological implications of that letter. So it represents negative, bad, or evil things. But the main thing about the letter X is it signifies an end of something. An entity whose existence is over, past, dead, gone. X is the most nihilistic of letters. So this is why oftentimes skull and crossbones or like a lot, that's why a lot of like cartoonists jump on the letter X. And like when something's dead, it has little X's over its eyes. They also yeah. use it in the military and X is like the zone where they're bombing. Like X marks the spot. Like X is not treasure. a positive, like treasure is the only time it's a good thing. Like it doesn't give off good, you know, intonations. Like you have your ex boyfriend, like X, that's why it's like your ex. Like that is the end of Yeah, something. that's what everybody on threads says. So is he like, like announcing that this is the end of Twitter as we know it and like bigger changes are coming? Like, I wonder if it's well, that. Wait, there was some woman CEO in power at, oh, we don't have it here. Um, but she like announced that Twitter is going to evolve into the next generation of cross-platform transaction com- community news media. It was like literally a word salad generated yeah. by AI. Yeah. And I was like, what are they doing? They are well, struggling and flopping so hard. And they said they are moving much more into using AI on the platform, which now makes sense why they let go of three-fourths of the workforce. Because yeah. they probably have plans where they're like, we're going to make AI do all of these, but AI isn't ready yet. So, no. ugh. This is stupid. I'm still on Twitter. No one's going to call it Twitter. Somebody on threads was like, nobody calls it meta. Nobody's calling it X. No, no one's going to call it X. But I think it's interesting Elon tweeted, or X, uh, to embody the imperfections (laughs) in us all that make us unique. And it's like- Suck a dick. Ugh. Like, (laughs) ugh. Keep Um, it, Denise. Nobody wants anything you have to say. Yeah, I, don't I just know. need threads to really get her shit together so I can fully make the jump. That's where yeah. I am. I mean, and although that that conversation keeps coming up, like I was just talking about this with my boyfriend, which I know our fabulous senior so, uh, social scientist has talked about this as well, where it's like, how do we feel about all of the major platforms basically being under one umbrella? Like, yeah. I like threads better than Twitter, but I also am kind of uncomfortable with Mark Zuckerberg being in control of three of the four major social media platforms. Like- yeah. Definitely we not. We gotta great. break that up a little bit. As much as threads, you're fun and I love Instagram and I'm an old person, so I still use Facebook. But 
I, I just, think we have to ugh. unionize. As creators, we need to unionize. We need to go on strike and create a communal space. Well, I mean, like, Web3 is allegedly supposed to be that kind of thing. Like, very, like, homegrown, okay. communal. But everything right now is so privatized. Do we need to call in Fran Drescher? Should we bring we the nanny named Fran in? Because and here she is, She's besties. wearing red. Ah! <laughs> I just, I've never tried to do Fran Drescher before. Wake up and smell the coffee. I'm the net. <laughs> I'm like here Steve to talk about Sex social. The I know. I just always become like Miranda. That's marriage. <laughs> we come oh, home. Right. We eat ice cream. That's marriage, Miranda. Oh God bless Steve. <laughs> it's a social dose. It's what we do. <laughs> no, no. I haven't seen season two of and just like that yet, so I'm not sure what happens. Their marriage just is dying. Steve. I know their marriage. <laughs> he shows butt. He's still giving butt, which is great. And I'm sure it's great because Steve still always tight, was cute. Still gorgeous. Uh, yeah, Steve. always one of the cutest. I've always loved and him. And just like that, it's time to get into our top story. The world was looking pretty in pink this weekend with the premiere of Greta Gerwig's much-anticipated Barbie movie, bitches. And together with the release of Oppenheimer, of course, the internet is still going wild for Barbenheimer. Michaela, be a doll and break down the story for us. Yes, with the writers and actors strike, it's been a quiet launch week, but that didn't keep folks from going to the movie theaters. Both movies turned out massive box office draws. I think Barbie broke records at the box office for a female-directed film, which is amazing. We love to see that. Um, So I, I actually did not see the Barbie movie. So for the very uh, few of us who didn't see it, I know, I know. The Marco, plot was you are very the simple. host of a Barbie movie podcast. I know. It is your responsibility. <laughs> it has become a Barbie movie podcast. Um, so Oppenheimer, I know the story of that because I know all about Oppenheimer. I saw the stage version of Oppenheimer in London a long time ago. It was fabulous. And I find that whole thing weirdly fascinating. Are but we Barbenheimer? We are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're even dressed, for friends who can't see us, you are dressed like Barbie right now, and I'm wearing dark green. And I have, like, Uh, we actually are the color schemes. I didn't know you knew who Oppenheimer was. Oh, yeah. I know all about it. There was a monologue in the play that I used to use for auditions where he's like, I feel like I've left a loaded gun in a sandbox. Great monologue. Uh. Anyway, um... (laughs) <laughs> the plot for Barbie, though, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paris, this is what I have in front of me, Barbie begins to malfunction. So she heads mm-hmm. to Los Angeles only to end up questioning reality and saving Barbie land. That's correct, right? That's kind of how I got here. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> okay, so um, this was, what my favorite thing about this entire experience is I feel like it's been a very long time since we've had like, a group cultural moment, right? I think yeah, because it's of streaming, because of, you know, social media, it's rare that we as a, a culture sort of come together on one thing, whether you like it, whether you don't, everyone's talking mm-hmm. about it. It's been a long time since it's happened. So regardless how you feel about these movies, I think this is a very cool thing that Barbie has done and that Oppenheimer yeah. has piggybacked on. Anyway, yes. you actually saw the film. I you did. Take over I saw the film. I did not. Saw it Friday with one of our social scientists. We had a great time. We got all dressed up. Everybody was so cute. Everybody was, like, the vibes were immaculate. You know what I mean? Everyone in that theater, we were all best friends. Mm -hmm. The movie itself, I will say, for me personally, a perfect film. Everything I expected it to be, everything I needed it to be, things I didn't know I needed it to be, it delivered on those. I personally give it a 10 out of 10. My only note, if I had to give one, 
towards the end, it does drag a tiny bit and it's like a little shaky on part of the message. Um, at one point, uh, a woman or a mother, uh, I don't want to tell you necessarily who it is for spoilers, the creator of Barbie, she says something to the effect of like, as mothers, we stand still so our children can see how far they've gone. And I'm like, that was like the one thing that I was kind of like, eh, just because you're a mom doesn't mean your life goes on hold. I, I like what they were trying to do with that specific sentiment. And obviously uh-huh. we're not going to focus on that part of it. But I, that, that hit my ear a little odd where I was like, hmm, a mom can still continue her life and go far. But yeah. apparently Wait, that woman didn't think so. Is that Rhea Perlman <laughs> by any chance? It's Rhea Perlman, yeah. Okay, because did you love. see the memes where it's her? It's that moment in the movie with as that Matilda's like a mom. mother. And then next to it is hers, Matilda's mom going, you chose books. I chose looks. I chose looks. <laughs> yep. Sure did. As Mrs. Wormwood in Matilda. Yeah. We love Rhea Perlman in this house. But overall, an incredible film. One of those movies that like immediately is one of my top faves of all time. Uh-huh. Um, it's very curated to the girls, the gays, and the theys, I feel like. Uh-huh. Um, I will be seeing it again on Wednesday and probably at least one more time after that before it leaves theaters because I loved mm-hmm. it so much. It's also so funny that you're laughing the whole time and you miss a lot of the jokes. So you got to see it twice. Nice. I love what you said about people dressing up. I saw a TikTok from at Greens69 who it's her going to the movie and she's all dressed up and she did this TikTok and to Barbie, to the Spice Girl song. Um, wait, it is Spice Girls, right? Barbie, it's a... Da, da, da. That's Aqua. Oh, Aqua, sorry. The, uh, anyway, ignore that. <laughs> but she says, everybody dressing up for the Barbie movie is making me so nostalgic for midnight premieres. Harry Potter, Twilight, yes. lined up for eight hours in full costume. The commitment, the community, bring that shameless 2008 energy back to the movies. And yes. I love that people are saying, like, that's what these movies did. Like, yeah. that it, it feels like that great nostalgic, like, let's go back to the movies as, like, a crowd. Um, yeah. And make it a whole experience. Like, you know, get dressed up, buy popcorn, like, make a whole thing of it. I, I just yeah. love that. There was actually, that's so sweet, Michael. I completely agree. There was a moment where we were, there's, like, obviously a Barbie box photo booth where you can, like, have a, a photo moment. Yeah, And we were helping, like, other people that were seeing the movie we were taking pictures for them. They were taking pictures for us. Just like strangers that were all here for one goal, which is the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Some of the people were leaving the theaters. They were like, oh, have you seen it yet? Are you leaving? They were talking about like, oh, it's amazing. You're going to love it. And it was just so fun to have like an inherent sense of community in a way that we really haven't had in a long yeah. time. You're completely right. Yeah. It was very nice. Oh, I love that. Um, so go speaking, see it in theaters, Michael. You have to see it in theaters. I will. I promise As I soon will. as possible so you can still get that kind of vibe. And yeah, dress up. I will. So people know that you're an ally. I will. I want to do the experience of like Barbie and Oppenheimer in the same day just to do it. Yeah. You know, because I want to be part of it. I don't have it. it in me. Like, I want to do, <laughs> I want to do that. I love, did you see um, the tweet also that um, Pop at Pop Crave, Pop Crave shared um, from, who's the user? It says Danielle. Um, but I don't know her name, but she looks like a musical theater girl in New York who did a full like costume oh, change as she walked the girl from one did movie the to the other. The reveal. Yeah, yeah. you know the source <laughs> of the reveal. You t- talked about this one. So it's a it's a two-in-one look. She starts off in like full black, like structured shoulder, our, not what's Oppenheimer look. And uh-huh. then tear away belt, do a twirl. It reveals into a full frilly pink Barbie look. Chelsea literally just shit her pants <laughs> on mic. <laughs> Diarrhea blowing out of her ass. They turned off my water and they just What just happened? (laughs) They turned off my water and then... 
That's so funny. Um, Just blowing ass. Right. No, they turned off my water and then all my pipes made a bunch of noises. And I was like, I think that means like, yeah, your water pipes did on, make a bunch does. of noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank God well, your camera's off. Like this would be so inappropriate. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and besties, we actually have to take a quick break. One of our producers seems to have sprung a leak, and we will be back to finish our Barbenheimer discussion. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. <laughs> okay, so before the break. Um, oh, yes, this girl did an incredible two-in-one look. It is a reference to a look Violet Chachki did on RuPaul's Drag Race season, whatever season that was, which was like a, it was like a fall winter runway. And okay. it was like a full black look. Same exact silhouette, same exact like reveal component, tearaway belt to a full tartan, red Ooh. tartan Eleganza, yeah. So this girl is one of the queens. She's definitely knows her references. And really, I think we can say best dressed of the event. Oh, yeah. This was, and I, I loved the seamless, like walking from the Oppenheimer poster into the Barbie box and the yep. little twirl in the middle and just becomes Barbie. It's, uh, Get you it was a girl so who can do good. Both. And I'm looking at those Leduca boots, clearly musical theater girl. There was choreography, it was practiced. <laughs> I appreciate this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the heel. You know it by the heel. Like she clearly got up, went to a dance call that morning, and then went right to the movies. Obviously, the movie is such a cultural phenomenon that we haven't seen in so many years that this movie has broken so many records already. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are quoting like, oh, it's the biggest uh, box office for a female director of all time. Which like, yes, incredible record to break. We love. Mm-hmm. But it kind of discounts the fact that like female or not, the most recent statistic I read was that it is the 24th largest box office opening ever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, let's and it's got to be then one of the biggest post-COVID. Like, what? I wonder. Oh, it. I'm sure it is. Set, it has to be. Um, what's this article? New York Times. Barbie box office to the world. The pandemic is officially over. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Is it Honestly. the highest since COVID? Oh, it's. it looks like it's the second highest. Um Next to Avengers Endgame. So, post-COVID. So, like... Fine. (laughs) Well done, though. Um, Here's the thing, Michael, that I need to know. Because this film was so incredible. At one point in the film, they, like, jokingly reference that Mattel makes a Ken movie, and it's the greatest movie, with breaking all the box office records. Uh And I'm like, if 
we do live in a world where a sequel can happen. Is it going to be a Ken movie? Because I will absolutely oh. watch that. Ryan Gosling delivers such a comedic and incredibly, like, also, like, heartwarming performance. Mm-hmm. If you didn't already love Ryan Gosling, it's impossible to not love him after this film. I've seen a lot of reviews that said this is his best performance ever. Like, yeah. I've seen things where people are saying that yeah. Ryan Gosling is actually giving one of the best performances, if not the best of his career thus far. Yeah. Which- There's so many small choices where I'm like, brilliant. Brilliant. And we already know that Never Mar- Margot Robbie, that. we knew she was going to be brilliant. Like her course, and Tanya. Yeah. Oh my God. And I, Tanya. Oh, I loved I, Tanya. Ugh, she's so good at this kind of, when I heard it was her, I was like, ah, she's got, is she, is she as good as we hoped she'd be? Oh, absolutely. She gives you everything you need and more. Uh, I now, do. So not everybody loved the movie. Did you see the, the <laughs> people are sharing the bad reviews? I just got to mention these real quick. Yes. They cracked yes. me up. People are sharing the one-star reviews from clearly just like angry From like Letterboxd. So yeah. these, uh, George Hahn shared um, his favorite four and I will read them for you now. Barbie, an alienating, dangerous, and perverse film. Ugh. Barbie, <laughs> the feminist agenda will kill us all. Like, <laughs> we're all gonna die. Um, Barbie, they won't be happy until we all are gay. Like <laughs> that's true. That part is true. <laughs> that's true. And that was as God intended. Um, this is the best one though. Barbie, a pink acid trip that feels like being slapped by lots of confusingly attractive people, which I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like a wet dream right there. Like a confusingly attractive person comes up and slaps you. Calm down. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of people pay a lot of money for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, truly. That's a very expensive service in some countries. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to know, because there's like this rhetoric of obviously right-wing whack jobs, whatever, um, that the movie is anti-man, which to me says that you did not understand the movie, which- Or didn't see uh, it. Whatever. Like Ted Cruz has been criticizing it. it and has not seen it. So, But literally the message of it is that toxic masculinity is harmful to everyone and men don't have to- abide by the rules of it and torture themselves and put themselves through all of that, they can actually just be men. Yeah. And just, a, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. That's fine. But I, I yeah. don't know. Maybe their brains are full of worms, the people that are having these uh, problems. A thousand percent. Worm brain I is really, see, it's a problem right I, now. It really is. It's a plague. I did yeah. see a great Barbenheimer meme from uh, Medium Size Meech, who I love on Twitter, mm-hmm. who said, for those planning on doing a Barbenheimer double feature, a word of caution. Barbie before Oppie, your tears will be sloppy. Oppie before Barbie, you'll still want to party. <laughs> <laughs> I love So I think that. that's what you should do when you go to see them. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I just love that these two ended up getting mashed up because they're such different movies. And I love that the internet just interneted, you know? Yeah. It feels I like really this was think- the greatest thing that could have happened to either marketing team. Exactly. It's very much giving you're at the McDonald's drive-thru in the 90s and you're given the Sophie's Choice of Barbie or race car. Which, uh-huh. I mean, wasn't a Sophie's Choice for me, but I'm sure somebody out there was really torn. <laughs> Probably. Um, did you see the the mashup from at just underscore me underscore May? Wait, yes, I did. Excuse me. Where they did Oppenheimer but done in the Barbie trailer. Yeah, that was actually very well done. It was a really clean edit. It really Bringing is. like a post-apocalyptic atomic bomb. What time period is that? The 50s? I it's, it, yeah, because it's World War II. It's a great Oppenheimer's all about like him creating the atomic bomb. Yeah. 
But it's yeah. like, but he's like in Barbie's world. It's like Emily Blunt yeah. looking nervous and crying. But then like Nazis from Jojo Rabbit are in there just to like push the, that like Oppenheimer was fighting the Nazis. Like, I, I think it's just so, like the fact that these two are together is just so wonderful. They put pink it's curly hair on dichotomy. his chalkboard. Uh, that's why I think the world just couldn't resist mashing these two up because it's just such a yeah. wonderfully bizarre mashup. I also feel like we need this to happen every summer. Like, hopefully the money that this movie makes lets studios know, like, we need more girly pop movies. Actually, one thing I did have a concern with was the trailers for the movies are always indicative of, like, the demographic of the film. Mm -hmm. The trailers they were giving for the Barbie movie were the most, like, generic all-around trailers, which makes me fear that there's not any more, like, cute girly pop like rom-coms or anything on the horizon i'm like jennifer lawrence is working again like show us what her next project's gonna be like where are these movies where are the legally blondes where are the cluelesses uh. where where are they hopefully this like re- brings them back into the culture because they are profitable they are incredible and they are important yeah anyway i'll get off my soapbox there have been times in the past where we have had summer blockbuster juxtaposition movies like this mm-hmm. for example the year that 10 Things I Hate About You and The Matrix came out on the same day. Mm-hmm. That's a fun Incredible one. Incredible combo. <laughs> or 2008 when Mamma Mia and The Dark Knight came out on the same day. Yeah. Like, Shockingly, I've never seen Mamma Mia and I did see The Dark Knight. I was on the wrong side of history back then. I was not a huge fan of Mamma Mia 1, but I am obsessed with Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. And all I want in the world is for there <laughs> to be Mama Thria. Here we go yet again. Like... <laughs> I, and I cannot take credit for that. That's from my friend, Alyssa Maygold. She came up with Mama Thria and I think it's genius. And (laughs) yeah, I thought that was so funny. I love There was another one (laughs) with one of your favorite movies, the year that She's the Man and V for Vendetta came out. Yes. I was on the correct side. I've still actually yet to see V for Vendetta, but I own two copies of the She's the Man DVD in case one breaks. Oh, incredible. I was that person. A great film. There's Where a moment are the in that She's scene the Mans? When Amanda Bynes eats chicken angrily, if you put it in slow motion, it's one of the funniest <laughs> things you'll ever see. There's actually one coming on the horizon. We have another moment oh, really? in our future. Yes, because Saw 10 and Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, are now releasing on the same day. <laughs> And actually, I, I will be seated up. for Saw 10. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, though, like, you take, you accidentally don't do that correctly, and you buy them for, like, for you, like, because Paw Patrol's for kids, right? So you do a family day. Yeah. And, and accidentally like, bring oops. them to Saw 10. <laughs> <laughs> oops, that would be bad. That would and this be is not the first bad. time Saw has done this, because in 2008, again 2008, Saw 5 came out the same day as High School Musical 3. Like, is oh, Saw wait. just doing this on purpose? That was a good year. I saw both of those movies in theaters. <laughs> I haven't. I'm not good at horror movies. They freak me out. Like gore. Like That's it's not really saw gory. Specifically, it's very gory. It's torture I can't do porn. Gore. I like times. a good like jump scare, but gore, uh, not so much. The extreme gore helps me to remember that I'm a human that can feel things. So I like it. Oh well, that's good. Well, Michael. You can see Paw Patrol while I see Saw 10 and we'll compare notes after. Okay. I'll have to find a friend with small children to go with me, though, so I'm not just like a creepy adult alone at a children's oh, yeah. movie. No one wants to oh, be yeah, that. Oh, yeah, actually. Michael, when you go to the movies, you obviously have to bring snacks. And one of my favorite movie snacks is ice cream. Mmm, ice cream's so good. Mmm, ice cream's so good. Mmm, ice cream's so good. We're going to get into why Michael's talking like this right after this break. 
Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Welcome to the social dose. Welcome to the social dose. Welcome to the social dose. Wow, and NPC story for me. Thanks. Wow, and NPC story for me. Thanks. Mmm, less as parents what they think. Mmm, less as parents what they think. I can't keep that up. I don't know how they do it. That was awful. I give up. Michael, that was terrible. You <sighs> have no future as an NPC live streamer. <laughs> I did my best. Um, and besties. <laughs> it's hard, I think. I imagine it's hard. I, um, besties. Yeah. I can't. For those of you who have not seen this on your For You, page, for you pages yet, for your page. um, people, we, we touched on this a little bit last week, but the story has only gotten crazier and bigger in the past week. So people are live streaming themselves pretending to be NPCs, like AI, non-human characters. And as people give them objects or cues, like a little hamburger or an ice cream cone or like a rose, they respond how an NPC would. So it's like you're inputting the same thing and then they say the same line. For an example, if I was an NPC and you commented with like a shocked face emoji on live, maybe my catchphrase would be like, oh no, am I showing whole? Oh no, am I showing whole? Oh no, am I showing whole? Now, whenever somebody comments a shocked face, I'll have to say that, like an NPC. Mm -hmm. uh, the most popular NPC live streamer right now is a user named Pinky Doll. I honestly think she deserves all the credit for putting this trend on the map right now. Yeah. Obviously, she didn't invent the trend, but she definitely brought it to a huge level that it never would have gotten to otherwise. So credits to Pinky Doll. She's kind of a star. I'm obsessed with her. And according to a Forbes article, she told Vice that she can actually make $7,000 a day doing this. Yeah. She's on there for hours at a time, like up to seven hours in one day, yeah. just lobotomized NPC <laughs> cashing those checks, Michael. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I couldn't do this. What's that famous line? I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Anyway, she... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, anyway, um, I don't remember who said it. Someone with a gravelly voice. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure Pinky Doll's going to win an Oscar before Glenn Close. Let's just say it. Wow. Um, yeah, because she's very good at it. She is so committed. She, oh, my God. Yeah. And obviously, every other bitch is coming out of the woodworks trying to jump in on this bandwagon to, like, get the money, which, like, obviously, I don't blame you at all. But I, I don't think anybody's quite doing it like she is. Like, mm -hmm. when you watch her and, like, Part of it is, like, sometimes they break character, and that's, like, kind of another part of the appeal is, like, seeing them break character. Uh -huh. um, but when she's in it, you can, like, see her eyes, like, dissociate, and, like, her brain just, like, changes into full NPC mode. And she's mm -hmm. so committed. She's so good at it. But there are some times where she does break, usually because she has a child. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl or how many children she has, but she has a child who sometimes interrupts the live streams. Uh -huh. And that's when things get very funny and kind of, that's when you kind of start to think about it a little too much. And you're like, wait, have you seen those clips where, where she has to like 
I saw, tell her child to go to bed. I saw one. And it is, it's very jarring when she becomes a human being again, because she's so good at it. She really does look like an automaton. Like, because yeah. I've seen other people do it. And I think you're right. I think it's the eyes and the face because her face is so yeah. blank and her eyes are so dead. Like she's it just animated. It also needs to be said that she is so stunningly beautiful. Oh. She is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, and other people do it and they almost are just a little too human. You know, like they yeah. they look like they still have agency. And that's yeah. kind of like the problem. Yep. Um, what like, a crazy thing to say, but yes. Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, you look too human. You look like, yeah. Like when I tell you to do something, you're going to think about it as opposed to just yeah. do it. You know? Oh, it's whenever they do ice cream though. I can't, it's, it's so, it, it's so weird and creepy to me though. It's still, I see the appeal for people, but I'm just like still kind of eked out by this. There was a clip that I saw, because there's now a million permutations. Um, I think I referenced this before on the pod, but there was a, a user named Fern is Burning who did the live stream as like a weird robot with a TV on her head. Yes! Uh, <laughs> Trisha Paytas obviously tried to jump in on it. She wasn't very good at it, but she's Trisha Paytas, so I'm sure it still made her some money. Um, and then one that actually killed me was this bitch who did like the same thing except as a Victorian child. So it was like, it was like food, please, sir. May I have some more? Please, sir. May I have some more? And then like coughing up blood and being like, Oh no, I've coughed up the red. Oh no, I've coughed up the red. Yes. And she's like pale with like dark circles under her eyes. Yeah. Like she does. What is it? The one where they do a red pepper and she's like, Oh no spicy food. I want mushy peas. Like, yeah. So, Weird. And then the other thing that gets me is when they're in between commands and they come up with emotion. So like uh, yeah. Fern is burning, who has the TV on her head again. So weird. And when she stands, her arms just sort of float by her side and yeah. she does like a little bounce. And then like the Victorian girl, her hands are just hovering over. Yeah. The fact that there's like that level of dedication where they have an sort of like that just loops. waiting. I said yeah, this. Yeah, it's the idle I, animation. <laughs> I'm hoping, again, this is the future of AI. That AI actually starts, we just swap places. Like, AI gives the commands, and we're weirdly like the static thing just waiting to be told what to do. <laughs> Where it's just like, AI is like, do a jumping jack. And we're like, jumping jack. Like, that's, that's the future. <laughs> that's how we regain control. Okay, wait, that's not <laughs> not what's happening, though. Because my Apple Watch tells me to stand up all the time, and I'm like, stand up now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we already have, if they're telling us when to exercise and when to eat, like. Yeah. If they want to take our jobs, we'll take theirs. Listen, watch Two can play at this game, AI. (laughs) (laughs) We are coming for your gig. We're coming for your gig, babe. Oh, were you going to do, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to do the charmy guy, but we can go past him. Yeah, he's a man. He wasn't we're, This podcast, this Barbie podcast is famously anti-man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're trying to turn him everyone gay. Well, Pinky Doll. Like I said, Pinky Doll's going to win an Oscar before Glenn Close and Amy Adams. She deserves I'm it. Putting it out or like there a now. Nobel it's Peace Prize or something. Okay, <laughs> and last thing before we go, we do have to just mention that famed music producer Timbaland uh, is apparently one of Pinky Doll's biggest fans. Oh, yeah. So random for he to, him to be a part of the conversation, but sure. Um, and then even remixed some of her like voice lines into a track. Mm-hmm. But did you so see she released out, a video please. talking about it and the sound oh, yeah. doesn't sync up with her face. It makes her oh. seem even 
weirder. More like uncanny. When I it's Uncanny it, Valley. When I watched it, it's like she pre-recorded this, the her what she was going to say. And then she stood and then there and mouthed it. And it. while she's talking, she starts to slip into her NPC character. Like you oh. see the life slowly drain out of her eyes and then come back in. It's, what if that like happens while she's driving or something? It's so eerie. Oh my God. You Can you imagine? That has to be a warning. Bank. Don't NPC while driving or operating heavy machinery. Yeah. Like, like accidentally her brain just turns off. Yeah. Ugh. That could be a real danger if this is what you do. That Sometimes seems like I a slip great idea for a horror movie. <gasps> you do that is. often. Yeah, I do. Sometimes. Now and then. Um, yeah, someone becomes an NPC, can't turn it off, and they just start killing people. Anyway. Um, (laughs) on that note thank you so much for joining us today for listening hanging out with us Uh, Thursday we have a very special guest we have our good worst cooks buddy Nick Trawick finally joining us aka Kleptora aka the bitch that stole everything that's ever been stolen and besties Mm -hmm. don't forget to catch up with us on our socials or leave us messages at thesocialdosepodcast.com and we just might read them aloud on the show now, with that being said, I do need to end this live stream. Michael, I've actually been streaming as an NPC this entire time. That's terrifying. Uh, I need to run very far away from you and go see Barbenheimer finally so I can be part of the conversation. Happy scrolling. Happy scrolling. The Social Dose is a Sony Music Entertainment production. The EPs are Sarita Wesley and Jasmine Henley-Brown. Daniel Jones-Wesley is senior producer, Chelsea Jacobson is producer, and Sunny Balkin is associate producer. This show is engineered by Gulliver Lawrence Tickle and John Scott. Music by Dom Jones. 